Right? So that's the next question we have to wrestle with. Given why we pray, how do we pray? So let's talk just a little bit about that. Number one, pray honestly. Please, please, please pray honestly. Please. Okay, let me explain it. Not you, but Christians you know. I've, I've done ministry for, for 30 plus years, right? People come into my office and just go, I'm mad at God. I can't believe he's let this happen. I'm so frustrated. I am angry. I am ticked. I have had it. Okay, well, let's pray. You go first. Oh, great, loving, caring God. We love you so much. Oh, shut up. You are lying. Well, you can't tell God what you really think. Oh, like he doesn't already know. Oh, if I don't tell him what I'm really thinking and feeling, then he won't have any idea. <laughs> okay, sorry. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and lying down. You're familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue. You, Lord, know it completely. He already knows. So you might as well be honest. Now, Jeff, isn't that dangerous? Oh, listen to David. David, man after God's own heart, apple of God's eye. Psalm 6. Listen to Psalm 6. I am so encouraged that I can go to God in prayer because this is about knowing and getting connected relationally. And I can be honest. Listen to, listen to David. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. How my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Whoa, that's not very warm fuzzy. No, but it's honest. Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your grave or your name. Who praises you from the grave? What good am I to you, dead? I am worn out with groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrows. They fail me because of all my foes. You see that honesty? God can handle it. We pray as his kids and his children. He can handle our honesty. It's not that we aren't supposed to be respectful. Hear me. I want to be heard correctly. It's not that we're not supposed to be respectful of our king. But we can be honest because he already knows what we're thinking. It's a relationship. It's not a job. We don't have to fear being fired if we say it wrong. I'm going to, well, you better have more verses for that, Jeff. Well, okay, then I do, actually. So stay with me for just a minute. But you understand that principle. Pray with honesty. Tell him what's on your heart. He can handle it. He already knows, by the way. So it's kind of foolish not to. What, are you going to come to me and lie? How's that build a relationship? Do you want your relationships to work that way? Second thing. You want to pray broken. Pray broken. There is nothing more frustrating to the God of the universe than a bratty person who thinks they've already got it together. Really? Okay, am I the, is this just therapy for me? How easy it is to look around and go, Lord, hey, you know, I was at the Walmart recently. Eight out of ten. Better than eight out of ten. And I thank you, Lord, that I am not like those people. Boy, that sounds familiar, like something that Jesus taught. Pray broken. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. It is the glorious joy of prayer that we can pray with honest brokenness. I come, Lord, not because I've got it together. I come not because I'm trying to be religious. I come not because I've got the right formula. I come because it's me, broken as I am, desperate for you. I want to be honest and open. Here's what's, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's happening. And you know what? Without you, I'm a mess. We just sang that, right? I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Yes. My one defense, my righteousness. But here's the problem. Some people actually think, actually pray without ever thinking about the brokenness. It's a job. Hi, it's me again. Boom. Another one. Pray desperately. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Do you hear the desperation? Oh, it's prayer time. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Sorry. This isn't, this isn't you, that's fine. This is just therapy for me. But how many times? Is it prayer time? Okay, hi, God, it's me. It's time for prayer. I'm going to pray. It's, you know, hey, it's just what we do. It's 6.30 on Wednesdays. So we're here, and, um, you know, we're praying. We know what we're supposed to pray for. We're supposed to pray that people that are sick get better, and we're supposed to pray that the church does well, and we're supposed to pray. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. Where's the desperation? If you don't move God All of this means nothing. If we don't connect with you, none of this makes a difference. God is looking for one or two or three persons who are so desperate for God to move and shake and touch and meet and change lives He's looking for two or three people who are kind of come after him and go, I've got to hear your voice. I've got to meet you here. We have to see you move. Look at this. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Can I be direct and say, (sighs) we actually don't need him that much, apparently. We are not desperate. Okay, not you. Maybe. But you understand what I'm saying. We actually think that we've pretty much got it. But we've got to check in with him now and then, let him know that if we need him, we'll call 911. And, and we're here, but it's sort of, well, we've got to be here. You know, I, I, you wouldn't do that, would you? <laughs> Prayer is at heart a declaration of dependence. Prayerlessness is a declaration of independence. I don't need you. (laughs) Right? Prayerfulness is a statement of, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. I got, (laughs) here's the question, and I will ask this of you. If a group of persons came and observed your church, and the church is people, it's not the building, church is you, right? Who's the church? You're the church. We're the church. The church observed your church for a week, would they get the impression that you actually are desperate to see God work? And what evidence would they have? 
Fair. Stomping on feet. Okay, well, I'm going to move on to another one before you throw anything. Next one. Pray expectantly. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And everybody goes, ooh, there it is. It's, the, it's another transactional formula. And we spend books and books and hours and hours in teacher after teacher teaching how this is some sort of magical incantation. That, that, that if we just do it enough, he has to. Like, like prayer is this operation of taking a God who doesn't want to do things and twisting his arm far enough behind his back that he finally goes, all right, already. What? See, the problem is Jesus explained what he meant right after that he said that. He says, know that you can expect great things because this is a relationship and I love you like a father. See what he's going to say next? Ask and seek and knock because, here it is, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Here is the picture. Jesus basically says, uh, my Father in heaven is a loving Father who basically says, come to me, kid. I love you. Sit up in my lap. Tell me what your heart is. Tell me where you are. Tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me what your, what your greatest desire is. And I'll tell you, I will guarantee this. Which of you kids, it, which of you dads, who, who you are human fathers, would tell your kids, I don't want to hear what you really want. You just take what I give you. Right? Christmas time. When I ask my kids about Christmas, I say, come up, sit here right in, in dad's lap. Although right now, if they did that, they'd kill me. But anyway, uh, let's imagine they're smaller. They sit on my lap. And I go, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, Father, I darest not share my heart. For thou art the all-knowing dad. And thou knowest best. So thou givest whatever thou givest, and I shall be a happy one. And I go, what? Kid, what do you want? (laughs) What do you want for Christmas? And if my kid asks me for something, if I can give it and it's what's best, I'll get it. And if it isn't what's best, I won't give it. But I'll give something better. You understand the principle? Trust your father's heart. Come and expect great things from a father who wants to give you the best. So you can ask what's on your heart with the absolute certainty that he'll either give it if it's best. Or he'll say no because he's got something better. But he's doing it all out of a father's heart to bless. That's how you can be expectant. You can go expectantly knowing that if you ask, if you approach him, he will either give you your heart or he will give you even better. His heart, because he's a father who loves you. Yes? Okay, let's keep going. Next one. Pray kingdom-sized prayers. Was it already that time? Yeah, okay. Pray kingdom-sized prayers. Not you, but churches you know. Sometimes sometimes we, we, we pray too small. When was the last time you were in a prayer meeting and you said, Lord... We want to see you win Henry County to Jesus. 
Lord, we want to see you win the whole of Northwest Ohio to Jesus. We want to see your kingdom purposes be established in every school district within 25 miles of here. We want to see your heart win lost people to you and lost people discipled so they then can go out and win others and disciple them. We want to see your power flow. We want to see the power of darkness thrown back. We want to see your purposes established, your love abound. We want to see Ohio one for Jesus Christ. We want to see the United States one for Jesus Christ. We want to see the world one to Jesus Christ. That's what your prayer means are like every every week, right? Because you're praying kingdom-sized prayers. i got to be honest. I grew up, our prayer meetings were more like, Lord, please help Harriet's cat overcome the hairball problem. No, no, don't get me wrong. (laughs) You can ask God about Harriet's cat. It's not wrong to ask about Harriet's cat. But don't forget the big stuff. The stuff that his heart's about, right? Because as we get to know him more, we'll, we'll learn what his heart beats for. You can learn a lot by reading the prayers from the Old Testament, or from, from the New Testament, from Paul praying for the people. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or, or imagine, according to his power, there's at work within us. Are you praying prayers that are so big that only a God like that can answer them? This, this is not a kingdom-sized prayer. Lord, I pray we survive the vacation Bible school. Because we can do that. That's not a kingdom-sized prayer. Lord, I pray we can keep the lights on at the church for another week. God says, really? Come on, bring me something. God, I pray that my struggling and, and absolutely anti-God cousin would meet you. Now Jesus says, come on, I can do more than that. I can do, as soon as you ask it, I can do more than that. Ask me what I would ask. Look at what he asked. I pray that, when was the last time? Okay, if, if, if this is just me for therapy again, great. But, but and forgive me, but, but wrestle with me with this. When Paul prays, when was the last time you heard regular prayers like this being laid out before God in your prayer involvement. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Whoa. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I think probably Paul also every now and then said, and help Philemon with his stomach problems. That's okay. But we don't get many prayers like that listed in Paul's letters. We get kingdom-sized prayers. Because God's heart, right? We, we want to know him. We want to pray what he would want. We want to pray his heart because as we get to know him, we're going to learn what his heart beats for. His heart sees, wants to see all of Henry County one to Jesus Christ and wants to use this church to do it. And he's already able to do that. So I would argue that any time there's a problem with not seeing the power of God flowing, it's not a source problem. It's a receiving problem. If God's not moving, it's not that God can't. You hear what I'm saying? So it must be something else. Next one. Pray in the gap. 
I looked for someone who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. And a true confession of, of working with multiple churches. I oversee 34 churches in Ohio. Actually, I don't. God does. He, he has this incredible sense of humor and lets me be part of it. But anyway, I, I, I travel between these churches, right? And I got to be honest with you, I hear a lot more complaints about the, the stuff that's going on in our country than I hear about prayers that God would move righteously. A very powerful. I was just at a prayer conference. Uh, it would have been a week and a half ago. And that, that person said that the problems in America are not the problems of everyone else. They're the problems of the church. Because if the church was the church, then these problems would not be here. I'm going to step in the gap, and I am going to be the one who takes the time to confess. Well, why do I have to? We're, 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 oh, Lord, protect us from those losers out there. Protect us from those sinners out there. Protect us from that government out there that's so awful. Lord, we're going to just, just keep us from being... I want you to hear Daniel. Daniel, about squeaky as the driven snow clean. Right? Daniel. There isn't anybody in the Bible. Daniel's one of those guys who there's not a single bad thing ever said about him, ever. He is right in line with God. And when, and when God, after 70 years, begins his work of, of bringing Israel back from exile, Daniel notes the 70 years go past. And Daniel goes, well, it's about time. Those losers have really made a mess of things. God, you show those losers that there is something that they need to deal with. Those people need to get right. Those, 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 those people. Listen, listen to Daniel pray. Daniel, squeaky as the driven snow. This is chapter 9 of Daniel, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to the people of the land. I don't have time here to read it all. You need to read this the whole way through. Daniel acts like it's him. Because somebody's got to step in the gap. Someone's got to pray, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us that we have not had your heart. Forgive us that we have not been on fire for you. Forgive us that we have not communicated. Forgive us that we have not been who we need to be as the people of God. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. And I love this statement at the end. Verse 17. Now, O God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant for your sake, Lord, look on favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. Listen, we do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act for your sake. My God, do not delay. You notice he's pointing it all back to God. This isn't about us and our righteousness. I've already admitted it for 17 verses. God, Daniel says, that we are a mess. But we desperately need to see you move. Who stands in the gap for that? 
God says in Ezekiel, I look for someone who could stand in, in, and build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. Listen, so I would not have to destroy it. But you know what? I found none. With me? All right, let's talk methodology for 10 minutes. Methodology, because that's what most people want to talk about when you talk about how to pray. Okay, thanks, Jeff. That was all great. But what I want to know is how I'm supposed to pray. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk very quickly from Scripture about how you pray. Number one, pray all the time about anything. It's one of the shortest verses in Scripture. Pray without ceasing. There you go. Pray all the time about anything. Right? Here's the, here's the interesting thing. If there was somebody who was there when you got up in the morning and went with you and sat at breakfast while you ate your Wheaties and got in the car with you while you drove to work and went to the bank with you when you went to the bank and sat there while you were at lunch and then got up with you and went back to work until 5 and then rode in the car back with you and then sat next to you during supper and then sat next to you while you were watching TV and, and all the other things that you did and was the last person you saw before you went to bed, would you talk to them? In fact, would it not be weird to not talk to them? Would it not even be weirder to say, I know you're here all day, but I'm only going to talk to you for five minutes at seven o'clock. <laughs> talk about anything all day long. Why? We can be honest, right? It's a relationship. We're driving down the road. Lord, I'm so angry at that person who just cut me off in traffic. Help me be merciful. Lord, if it was up to me. Oh, Lord, what a beautiful sun. I'm driving up the road this morning. Rainbow. I don't think the person behind me was very happy. Because I was a little distracted by the rainbow. God, what a rainbow. Anything. Lord, that's the best hamburger I've had in the last 24 hours. Lord, Lord, I just want to talk to you about everything. What a beautiful child you've given me. Ooh, what a frustrating child you've given me. <laughs> anything. All day long. Anything. Right? Talking about Anything. Why? Because he's there all day anyway. Why wouldn't you talk to him? Be the one who, when you're at the, you're at, you're at the stoplight and the car pulls up alongside you, they look over, they see you talking. That person's talking to nobody. Ooh, be a little careful. You're not talking to nobody. He's sitting right there. He's been with you all day. Talk to him all the time about anything. Tell him the joke you like. Smile at him. Jesus, that's a great one about that eye through, or camel through, and I have a needle thing. That is just great. <laughs> well, you, you know, hey, did you hear? Lord, you know, I don't know about that whole thing going on with the Supreme Court. Uh, Lord, I, you, you know, I really love the taco place that you let me stop by. Thank you for that nice place. Well, God doesn't want to talk about this. God does not have ever a capacity issue with the issues he can talk to you about. It's not like he ever goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy to talk about little things. Actually, the little things are the things he loves the most, right? That's what you like with your kids. If you want to know methodology, number one, pray about anything. The second thing is, pray Jesus' prayer outline. It's the Lord's prayer. I grew up in a church... Oh, I, I hope this isn't yours because I get in trouble with churches when I say illustrations. I, our job in our little church back home was to say the Lord's Prayer in one breath as fast as possible. 
We got to that section in the service here. Now we will share the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, our in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Magical incantation. I'm going to say that three times, and God will give me the hamburger I want. That was never what Jesus meant. Jesus gave us a prayer outline. And I just want to give you this methodology quickly. You can write this in your notes. If you want it, this is, well, I don't know what I'd say to God. Well, say anything, anytime on your heart as a relationship. Be honest and open, and he'll engage you in that. Every day, about anything, he loves it when you involve him in your life every day since he's there anyway, right? But if I'm going to have dedicated prayer times, next slide if you would. There it is. Here are the prayer subjects. Jesus says, when you pray, he didn't say pray this incantation. He said, pray these things. He didn't say pray this again and again. He said, pray these things. And these things are this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First thing, lift up God's character. Take some time. These are the phrases. God, you are. God, you are mine. Try it. God, you are. Shout out some. God, you are. Great. God, you are. God, you are. God, you are? Awesome, merciful, great. God, you are my? My redeemer, my hope, my song, my... You take some time and you lift up, hallow his name, his character. God, you are, God, you are mine. Then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Second subject, pray back his priorities. God, I want what you want. That's the phrase, just as a little hint. It's not magical, it just helps you focus. God, I want what you want with my marriage. God, I want what you want with my school. God, I want what you want with my children. God, I want what you want. You take the rightful place of rulership on the throne of my life. I'm going to pray back what you want. Your kingdom come, your will be done, because it's not your priorities, it's mine. Or it's not, I'm sorry, it's not my priorities, it's yours. Sorry, talking too fast. You knew what I meant. Right? Subject. So you take some time, you lay that out. Third thing, lift up daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily needs. By the way, what did Jesus say about tomorrow's needs? They take care of themselves. So if I'm going to pray, oh Lord, please help me have money for my retirement. Jesus may say, why don't you just ask me today what I need you to do so that you can be wise and learn patterns that will be healthy down the road. I tell everyone, if it goes past midnight, you don't need to worry about it. Right? That's what Jesus said. Today has enough trouble of its own. So when we do our daily prayer, what we do is we only pray about the things that we need today. It's marvelous. You discover there isn't a whole lot. I've been diagnosed with cancer. Awful, right? Difficult, right? What's going to happen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do I need today? I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need your power today. Whoa. I can, Lord, I can trust you for that. It's only when I get past the day that things start freaking out on me. Right? So he says, give us this day our daily bread. Personal confession. Lord, forgive us our sins. Right? Lord, we need to take some time. Sins of omission, the things I didn't do that I should have, as well as the commission sins, which are the things I did I shouldn't have. We're better at the things I did I shouldn't have than the things I didn't do that I should have. Right? So we're going to try to, to let the Spirit, Lord, show me where I need to confess. Then, here's the dangerous one, and Lord, keep me up to date on my relationship grudges. It is the chosen sin of the American church. 
relationship grudges, and unforgiveness. It is the chosen sin of the American church. That we have chosen to say is okay. And it's what destroys churches. Relationship junk. And so Jesus says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. Whoa, God doesn't lead people into temptation. You're right. He doesn't. So whatever that means, it doesn't mean, Lord, don't lead me into temptation. It means, Lord, don't... If if I have to go past a weak place today, um, it'd be better if I didn't. Lord, if I don't have to go past my... I call it reviewing my weaknesses. Lord, you know where I'm weak. You know where I struggle. If it'd be possible today, I'd rather not have to go by that. It keeps our weaknesses in front of us. Why? Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. But if I have to go by, deliver us from the evil one. Lord, if I have to go by those weak spots, in my weakness, you be strong. You see the subject list? It isn't a magical incantation. So when somebody goes, well, I don't know what I pray, go down that subject list. God, you are. God, you are my. God, I want what you want with this, this, and this as it comes to my heart. Lord, here are the things I need before midnight tonight that I'm going to trust you're going to provide for me, here for my kids, for my family. This, Lord, you know where I've blown it. You know where I've stepped out of line. Sins of omission and commission. And by the way, show me if my relationships are in order. If they're not, then I freshly need to let go of the rope today and give you the right to pay back freshly today. And Lord, you know what my weaknesses are. This, this, and this. Good. It's wise to remember, right? Because the devil's going to run the same ruts. (laughs) It's wise to remember your weaknesses. So you're going to rehearse those before God. Say, Lord, if I don't have to go by them, I don't want to go by them today. But if I must, then you deliver me. See the picture? That gives you an outline of how you pray in terms of subjects. That's what Jesus did in answer to his disciples saying, teach us how to pray. Right? Okay, you have survived. The next slide, I think, is the next presentation. Put that up there. Yep. Okay. That was too fast. And if you notice, my solution for having too much material is just talk a little faster. Right? And uh, so I apologize for the too fast. Um, I'm going to ask you when we come back, first thing we're going to do, I want you to share something you heard, not from me, something God said, God kind of encouraged you with or something that stuck out to you about the things we've talked about so far this morning, about the why we pray and the how we pray. Encourage me a little bit when we come back from lunch because I know that if I ask you to encourage me before lunch, that's a dangerous thing for any group of Christians to do anything before lunch when lunch is waiting. Food is a biblical concept, by the way. Strong biblical concept. If you can't preach a good message on food, you're not worth your pastoral salt. But anyway, that's another whole subject. Um, With me on that, and I'm around, I'm going to open up and, and try to have some time to ask any questions you have of all that stuff I just dumped on you. Let's pray together. I understand food awaits us. By the way, my definition of fellowship Coffee and donuts. Good fellowship, a church potluck dinner. Really good fellowship, a church potluck dinner where the desserts outnumber the main courses. Lord, thank you for these new friends who have allowed me to come and share. Lord, I thank you for the pastor of this church who seeks to shepherd his people in your direction, for these brothers and sisters who serve, who share who are here today taking busy time
to be able to get something from you. Lord, have mercy on them. Erase my stuff, but speak to their hearts. Thanks for food. What a joy to be able to gather together and share good food with good friends. Bless those who help put these pieces together, and we'll keep listening for you throughout this day. Amen. Amen. Instructions. Grab what you want. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, right. All in Christian love. Can we get there first?